Yes, it is. And welcome back. Thursday, November 7th, 2022. Let me give you the phone number, 602 Got some great guests coming up a little bit later. Sam Stone's going to be with us in our second hour. David Riaboy will be with us in our third. And, of course, your calls and input. And we have a few fun things giveaway as well. I think you'll like that. A uh, couple of, uh, actually two couples of tickets uh, for a Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert here in Phoenix uh, that uh, we're going to give away. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't uh, do uh, prepare an official uh, monologue for today. Just something I have been thinking about since this morning I want to raise with you all and get your take on it. So I've talked to a few of my friends with uh, with the new leadership in the House of Representatives, um, some of my friends heard the news clips of Jim Jordan talking about the investigations he wants to undertake, um, particularly when it comes to Joe Biden and the Hunter Biden laptop and what was done. And they said to me, um, is this right? Is this what we hired the new majority to do? Um, whatever happened to the commitment to America? Well, a couple of things. Does anyone even know what the commitment to America is? David, Bill, do you remember what the commitment to America is? Just no. These these are guys that are in the news business. No, 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 no one remembers that phrase. This was the released document from Kevin McCarthy that was supposed to be some kind of junior version or pari passu uh, version of, of of the contract with America. And it, it's there and news organizations covered it, but it wasn't it wasn't a major a major talking point the way people remember the contract with America. It wasn't uh, it wasn't heralded and they didn't take out full page ads in the New York Times or Reader's Digest on it. To remind you of what the platforms were in it, policy versus investigation is what I'm getting at here. To remind you as to what was in it, an economy that's strong was one headline uh, having to do with inflation and energy independence and the supply chain. The second plank was a nation that's safe, which had to do with securing the border and illegal immigration, reducing crime and defending America's national security. The third plank was titled The Future That's Built on Freedom, which had to do with advancing a parent's bill of rights uh, for education, uh, achieving longer, healthier lives for Americans through health care, um, confronting big tech and demanding fairness uh, when it came to regulation of social media. And then the fourth plank was a government that's a Accountable, preserving our freedoms, holding Washington accountable with rigorous oversight and res- and uh, investigating abuses of power and restoring uh, the people's voice, uh, which had to do with election processes and election process reform. So you could see in some of these that the investigation aspect was built in. But I have to tell you, if you listen to Jim Jordan today, um, it makes you kind of, doesn't it, a little bit uh, remember why we were so animated in the first place? When we're talking about, you know, if you want to talk about election interference in 2020, this was the election interference that didn't get covered. 
This was the election interference that the entirety of the media and the Democratic Party did tangibly engage in. And, you know, I thought I would play you a little Jim Jordan from his press conference today to remind people of it. I was was reminded I had forgotten how much Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is the Ben Shapiro of the New Republican Caucus, the the Gatling gun, uh, the Gatling gun form of speech. But tell me if this is something you wish the Republicans weren't starting off with. Tell me if this is something you would rather they put on a back burner or at least uh, the third, the middle seat burner. Um, this is Jim Jordan today. Jamie, uh, so I would just start with this question. What part of Mr. Comer's presentation was Russian disinformation? I mean, never forget what happened on October 19th, 2020, 15 days before the most important election we have in our country. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? 15 days before that, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper, and 49 other people signed a letter that said the following. It is for these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice President, Biden, uh, Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. They further went on to say, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post are genuine or not, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. And of course, that letter became the pretext for suppressing this story, again, just days before the most important election we have in our country. So I would ask this, was J.P. Morgan's suspicious activity report to the Treasury Department Was that just a classic earmark of a Russian information operation? How about when Hunter Biden sent the email that Mr. Comer pointed to, sent the email asking for keys to his new office space, one for himself, one for President Biden, one for his uncle Jim Biden, and one for the emissary for the chairman of the Chinese energy company, CFCC. Was that just Russian disinformation operation in place? What part of Mr. Comer's presentation prompted the FBI to go to Facebook and say, hey, 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 you want to be on the lookout for Russian misinformation here this election season? What part of his presentation would prompt that? And I think it's also important to understand, never forget how this story has changed. I mean, think about this. When it started off, it was, no, it's not his laptop. It's not his laptop. Then it was, well, it's his laptop, but remember, it's Russian disinformation and no one did anything wrong. Then it was, well, maybe... Maybe he did something wrong, but President Biden didn't know about it. And now it's, well, maybe President Biden knew about it and was involved, but it it didn't influence his decisions. In fact, yesterday, there was a story in Politico which said that. The story in Politico yesterday investigating the investigators' dim strategist to launch counterpunch to House GOP. story in Politico yesterday, here's what it said in there. Quote, no evidence has publicly emerged that Joe Biden's decisions were affected by his son's business dealings. Wow, we, we, so we went from it wasn't his laptop and it was Russian disinformation to, oh, whatever was in there didn't affect the president's business dealings, even though he was involved, even though the laptop was real, even though it wasn't disinformation. We've, that's how far we've come. So I think, that, that, I think there are all kinds of questions that need to be answered, and we're, we're determined to get there. Here's some of them that I have. Did the FBI brief Twitter as well? We know they briefed Facebook. We know that had an impact on the election. There's been surveys done where, where thousands and thousands of voters across this country said it might have impacted their decision in the election in 2020. Did the FBI brief any of the 51 former intelligence officials who signed that letter? Again, that letter that became the pretext for suppressing this story. Who did the briefings? Who briefed Facebook? 
Here's a name that I think is interesting. Timothy Tebold. So Mr. Tebold, now remember, we just did a report two weeks ago, <clears throat> Judiciary Committee. A re- you take the point, and there's two within it. There's two within it. If you want to see election interference, that was it in 2020. Jim Jordan was right, but he didn't quite say it perhaps as strongly as he otherwise would, which was we do have at least two exit poll surveys from battleground states in 2020 where enough voters, not just thousands, tens of thousands of voters said they would not have voted for Joe Biden if they knew of that story. That was election interference. That changed an outcome of an election. And it wasn't Russian disinformation. It was Democratic Party, Department of Justice, FBI, and and mainstream media interference. It was... It was, as he said, and we should never forget the pretext of Russian disinformation that was used to not cover that story. Should that not be examined and should not Joe Biden as the president and his possible being influenced from the dealings of his son not be investigated? This notion that Joe Biden didn't know about it isn't quite true either. He very clearly was asked about it in one of his debates with Donald Trump. Donald Trump tried to push him in one of the debates to talking about the laptop and what was on it. And Joe Biden used the pretext as well. And the debate moderators went along with it that we're not going to deal with what has all the earmarks and looks of Russian disinformation. Do you want Republicans now in the new majority of the House of Representatives to start off on this stuff? Or is there a harder policy you want them to start off with? Can they walk and chew gum at the same time? And what would be your preference as someone who benefits from it one way or the other? You know, as an American, what's better for America? Or what is better politically? Answer it any way you want. I'm really curious to know. Investigations or tackling big issues like entitlement reform, let's say. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Administration has caused record inflation. Crime is rampant. The borders are wide open to criminals and other drug dealers. And now after the election, Joe Biden says he's not going to change a thing. Radical Democrats are even more emboldened. That could only mean greater disaster for our economy, for your money, for your retirement, which is why it's... Probably time to start thinking about putting some of your savings and investments into gold and to do so with the only gold company I recommend, the Midas Gold Group. Gold holds its value when economies fail. And economies and economists are now looking at a looming recession. So again, I recommend calling the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to safeguard your savings and investments with physical gold before you lose even more. Trust the only precious metals dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already trust. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Tasha is in Scottsdale. Hello, Tasha. Hi, Seth. Um, I really appreciate your being on the air. Thank you. So you're, um, you asked the question whether uh, the Jim Jordan should start with Hunter Biden. And I honestly think that's a great topic. However, I think we shouldn't start with it. I think it's kind of a black hole that we could, we would end up spending a huge amount of time if we ever, ever even started it. We might never get to an, any anything else. 
and it would be very distracting. I think that uh, we should start with the abuses of power of Merrick Garland's uh, Department of Justice. Um, the January 6th committee, um, we could have our own um, January 6th committee and present a lot of evidence. Um, we could ask why a lot of people have been in prison this long uh, for what seems like, in a lot of cases, trespass. Um, so I feel that there's an abuse of power, and an element of persecution. Um, how about the people who are praying outside of the abortion clinics who had their homes raided? Things like that should be first. And the second thing, defunding the 87,000 IRS agents. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, I, 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 see, I see your point and I see your thought, Tasha. Um, let me ask you a question, a strategic political question. And it occurred to me while you were talking, and I don't know what my answer is quite yet. Maybe you can help me form it. If we were to create a special investigative committee um, that was separate and apart from the regular order of business, the regular oversight committee, I, I don't know that we need to, first of all. I, I don't know. Um, the only It seems to me the only reason that Nancy Pelosi created the January 6th Select Committee was that she could, quote-unquote, select the Republicans that would be on it. If we were to do something separate and above that, um, that, that is to say, so she could select, you know, uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, people who had already... Uh, made up their minds about Donald Trump and his involvement in it and not not Republicans that Kevin McCarthy would select, which is how committee business is usually done. If we were to create a special uh, select committee, would you suggest, would you think it a good idea to give the new speaker, uh, excuse me, the new uh, minority leader in the House, whoever it is, the Democratic leader in the House, give them their choice of who could participate on it? Or would you or would you do what they did, which is we tell you what Democrats go on it? No, no, no. You have to lead by example. Uh, so that's what I'm a, thinking. This is how we, we do things. We should, differently. Have, we should have a that's very balanced. Yeah. But the whole purpose of it would be to bring out a lot of information that never came out in yep. the last committee. Yeah. Um, and as long as it's balanced, you would definitely have both sides. I don't know if the media would ever present both sides, but there it would be. It would certainly draw attention. It would give us the best chance that we have of presenting both sides. You know, the media won't. Um, You're right about that. But it does, well, you know, it does provide. They tend to edit things. Yeah, yeah. You're totally right about that. But it does provide the opportunity for, I don't know if it's alternative media or different media. Maybe we should just call it different media, like radio and, 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 and social media, to cover it. And it gives them clips they can use. I, You know, I do. I do tend to think that there is still something, you know, it was said of Ronald Reagan, part of his magic was going over the heads of the media and communicating directly to the American people. The way he did that was, you know, through his eloquence and his charm and his cheer. Um, in some respects, in some respects, in the age of social media and with talk radio, remember, he didn't really have talk radio either in those days. It should be easier. It should be easier to go over the heads of the New York Times and CBS. And we haven't had that opportunity to do so because we haven't had a majority in Congress that can, you know, expose what we are dying to have exposed. That's probably a not very constructive way of put it. What we have been hoping to have exposed. 
you know, we 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 can't expect any media to cover what we can't get out. And we couldn't get it out. We were in the minority in the House of Representatives. The minority has no power in the Senate. You know, the best we could do was once in a while, Josh Hawley or Rand Paul ask or Ted Cruz grilling someone in a hearing that the Democrats control. That was the best we can do. Well, now it's a bit to me like a whole different ball game, And we have a big opportunity, I think, to go over the heads of the media. How many people do you suspect, Tasha? How many people, not just in your friend circle, I'm going to guess your friends are probably a little bit more informed than than the average. But how many people do you think or do you expect um, know about the attempt to silence the story and the silencing of the story over Hunter Biden's laptop? How many people do you think know that, in fact, it wasn't Russian disinformation? How many people you think know that? What percentage? Gosh, you know, I'm guessing um, about 45%. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, at best. That's about where I'd go. I'd say maybe 40% of those that even think about this stuff. Maybe. At best. At best. I think the American people deserve to know that there was collusion between the mainstream media and foreign Democratic Party uh, 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 foreign Democratic Party intelligence officials and the FBI and the DOJ particularly to silence a major story and to distort a major story and to warp a major story in favor of one party's election. I think that that would be something most Americans would want to know about. And I'm with you. I, I think at, at best, at best, 40 percent of people know about it. And that would be only of news consumers in the first place. So I, I, I see your point, And I think that we can do all of those things and there should be hearings on all of those things. I think the FBI is quaking in its boots over the prospect of Jim Jordan running roughshod through Washington. Um, yeah, I, I do. Anyway, thank you, Tasha. A lot more. 602-508-0960. I'd love to hear from more of you. I'm Seth Leibson, and we'll be right back. Zero eight zero nine six zero. Ken's in Scottsdale. Hi, Ken. Hey, Seth. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Enjoy your show. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's good having an intellectual on the airways. <laughs> I should be saying that to you, but thank you, sir. Thank you very much. So, so listen, uh, I do agree with a lot of what your last caller said, but, but I'm 100% in alignment with Jim Jordan. Yeah. The most important thing right now is to bring out the, in, the election, I mean, widespread election interference that took place in 2020, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, I mean, the the social media. It was the corruption of intelligence, wasn't it? I think it was. Absolutely. I think it it was. It was the corruption of intelligence. And, and, you know, while ballot harvesting is something that needs to be looked at, this is so glaring and obvious. Yeah. It really needs to be shown. It's the most obvious of all. I mean, I think a lot of people have different theories on the mechanics of 2020's, uh, you know, what's the word of art these days over whether 2020 was legitimate or fraudulent or whatever. That, that, that's got a lot of technicalities, and people are very divided on that. This one is very clear. This is a very clear interference with exit polling showing it changed votes. 
I agree completely, and I think that um, that will be the perfect segue into the next investigation. I agree that January 6th is an important topic, and we need to get people out of prison cells, but the truth of the matter is they did it again in 2022, okay? The the October surprise was the raid on Mar-a-Lago, and I truly believe that was put together by the DOG. Boy, you sure don't hear much about that anymore, do you? I, I saw. You don't. I, 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 yeah, yeah. What those nuclear secrets? My gosh, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that and we don't have we, we we don't have uh, nuclear fallout all over the place. Yeah, that's if, what we were expected. Trump, I mean, that's how they played it. Sure. And if Donald Trump hadn't done the brilliant move of getting a special master appointed, they would have indicted. And then they would have been able to point their fingers at all those uh, candidates that they poured money into their campaigns on the Republican Boy, side. that was such a big story. Ken, I can't tell you. You're right. That was such a big damn story, and we've just totally moved on from it. You're right about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That was their plan. Now, they got knocked down a little bit, Seth, but I'm I'm somewhat convinced that if they had been able to indict him, and they had been able to soil the reputations of those folks, we might not have even gotten out. Interesting. Interesting. Boy, that's a story that I that just totally gosh, it was a month long. It was a month long story, wasn't it? And yep, and, and it just it. and it just poof. Just like that, like Kaiser Sose. Yeah. Ken, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Good reminder. Very much so. Uh where am I going to next? Charlotte is in Phoenix. Hello, Charlotte. Hello. How are you? Um I'm fine, thank you. I'm an 80-year-old grandmother, so my comments are personal. I had four really nice years under President Trump, and I hate what Biden and his family have done to my country. I want to see him pay. That's all I can think about. I, I get it. I want him pay for what he did to this country. I get it. And I just hope... That's what an election is about. I, it's about accountability. It is about accountability. And I hope I live... I hope I live long enough to see him do it. You sound like you will. You sound like you will, Charlotte. <laughs> what's the secret? What's what's the secret to a strong eighty years? What would you share with the audience? Being a born again Christian. Yeah, faith. faith. Uh, have faith. Yeah. And just being meaner in hell when somebody tries to push you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Faith, but yeah, I, I think Nancy Pelosi cited a, uh, you know, to every 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 time. Um, what is it? There's a time a time for everything, uh, a time for war, and a time for peace. Yeah, a time to uh, a time to be meaner than hell, Charlotte. I get it. Yeah, I like that. I like that very much. I have yeah, I have two more callers I want to get to right away uh but i want to give them their full opportunity and we're going straight to break so if you're on hold stay with us and we'll get right back to you let me put in a word for our uh sponsors at why refi as we head to break if you're concerned with stock market volatility why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market you can turn your monthly income on or off compound it whatever you choose and there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time it's a portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. It's a secure, collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate, up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, up to 10.25% rate. They are a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. 
or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34. That's 888-Y-REFI-34. Make sure you tell them I sent you. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I am Seth, and Tom is in Phoenix. Hello, Tom. Hi, Seth. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing well, but concerned. Okay, let's go. I, I what ails you? Uh, I was listening Tuesday during Election Day. It was between 3 and 4.30, and I heard a guy call in, and he told you that he went to, I think it was Rose Lane and 12th Street, to get a provisional ballot because he didn't trust the Dominion machines. Yeah. And they wouldn't they wouldn't give him one, so he went up to Paradise Valley and tried to vote, and they told him that he had already voted. Okay. And my concern is that the campaign, that Carrie Lake's campaign, does not know that there were votes put in that were illegal, and there has to be collusion because those votes are tied to his voter ID, his Social Security number, his address, his signature, um, there's no way a vote can be put in on his vote without somebody doing collusion. Uh, is is my, it possible that this is what happened, Tom? Was it that maybe his vote didn't count at all because he left the he left the polling place he had registered no, for? No, 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 because he didn't he didn't check in. Oh. All he did was ask for a provisional one. Okay, and so I think I think it was. I was disappointed that you didn't follow up a little bit with it. I think it would be really uh, imperative that you or one of your folks call Carrie Lake and tell them what happened. And if they don't think Carrie Lake deal, has big... uh, Carrie Lake has put out uh, many statements and all over social media on where you can reach her with these stories. So, see, that, so I'll, I'll remind the audience guy. to do. I'll just say I'm going to remind the audience if they had that experience, they can do that. I remember I, I remember the call because I had one of the great election uh, experts on at the time, Shauna Bullock, who was a candidate for secretary of state. And she was dumbfounded by the scenario, you may recall. So it was an oh, odd please. scenario. But for whatever, uh, whoever is in the audience that had an experience like that, um, there is no there is no uh, shortage of the ability to uh, reach out to Carrie Lake via social media on Twitter and uh, let her know about it. Okay, would you do me a favor then? Would you let Carrie Lake know about that phone call? Because they may be able to trace to get to him to find specifically, because somebody could be screwing with There's the no way computers. we can trace that. There's no way I would be able to trace him. There's just no way. If he's in the audience, I can guarantee you, given his level of uh, interest and concern and knowledge about what he was asking for and even what a provisional ballot was, I have no doubt he's on the case and reaching out and letting them know about that. If he isn't, um, then I'm sure he's also no doubt aware that Carrie Lake's campaign is looking for these kind of anecdotes. So I just have to confess, I don't have the ability to know who that specifically was or how to get his contact info over to uh, over to the Carrie Lake campaign. But um, maybe it's maybe it's maybe that's a good thing. You know, you call this show. We're not tracking you. <laughs> there's no there's no real tracking here when you do that. Um, this is kind of a fun thing. Gives me an opportunity to give out the phone number again. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. The next two callers to that number, we have um, two pairs of tickets 
to give away to a concert of the Trans-Siberia Orchestra that's going to be taking place in downtown Phoenix on December 4th. So this December 4th, if you uh, if you have interest, if you're free that night and want to see the Trans-Siberia Orchestra with their holiday concert, you know how good they can be and how good they are. We'll give you a couple. We'll give you um, the next two callers. We'll give uh, two pairs of free tickets to that. Uh, totally, uh, totally at uh, at no cost. So um, happy to do that, and we'll have some more of that to give away as well. Um, we're going to have also Sam Stone joining us in the next hour, and uh, he'll be in studio. He'll be able to take your calls, talking about uh, all those things having to do with the any any questions you have lingering from the election. It is interesting. I will remember, we'll ask Sam Stone about this, when he was here last week and it looked very much uh, to a lot of people like Kerry Lake was going to win, Sam uh, Sam was saying, well, just let's not count those chickens yet. You know, don't count those chickens yet. Um, this is this is certainly not in the bag. And um, it obviously wasn't. I also want to, while I'm asking the audience your thoughts on whether the House should emphasize specific policy or hearings right away. Someone mentioned the 87,000 IRS agents. Yes, please, of course. But temper the expectations, too, because understand uh, we didn't get the Senate, not yet anyway, and we don't have the presidency. We're not going to have a veto-proof majority. So any policy that comes out of the House of Representatives will be great. It'll be a great planting of the flag and something to campaign on and run on. But something they can actually do and execute are hearings, are hearings on the corruption. There are hearings on the Department of Homeland Security. There can be hearings on the Department of Justice. There can be hearings on potential influence or corruption in the Biden administration or with Joe Biden and his family specifically. That is something they can succeed at. You know, they can pass legislation or a piece of legislation. It will get stopped. Most of it will probably get stopped in the Senate. If it gets through by dint of one or two crossover votes here and there, it'll get vetoed by Joe Biden. Once it gets vetoed, we don't have enough to overturn that veto. We don't have a veto-proof majority. But with hearings, we can accomplish an awful lot. And you can understand, too, if you listen to that Jim Jordan press conference, I played some of it in the first segment of this show, if you if you if you listen to some of that, you'll understand why maybe it was a really good idea that he didn't take the speakership of the House, that he didn't make an effort at becoming speaker of the House. I'd rather him chairing investigations like this. I'd rather him being in charge of investigations like this. It's a whole new day and we're going to shine a whole new light on the kind of corruption, I think the kind of corruption and the kind of malfeasance this administration has gotten away with that going back to that caller maybe it was my first caller i i just don't think the majority of americans even know that there's a debate about never mind whether they agree with us or never mind whether they understand and see the corruption of the fbi or the weaponization of the department of homeland security and the lying that's taking place there or the potential corruption in the biden family and perhaps influence peddling you know never mind agreeing with us on that I don't even think they know these stories, the majority of the people. It'll be a good start to have hearings that expose and, you know, do the job the media used to do, which was deliver the news. 
what was it Carrie Lake said about a week ago to some reporters? I'm going to make you do your job again. <laughs> it's almost a version of make journalism great again. Maybe the Republican Party can do that. Greg is in. Oh, yeah. I did want to take that call, too. I got a bunch of you on hold. Stay with me. I want to give you your full opportunity to speak, and we have to hit a quick commercial break. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 Charles is in Phoenix. Hello, Charles. Yes, sir. I just wanted to ask you, what do you think? I'm wondering if maybe this Congress is going to, or this, you know, session of the House is going to be just a bunch of blowhardism with nothing happening because Mitch McConnell himself, should should they have hearings, Mitch McConnell himself will be implicated because I think he's corrupt. What do you what do you think? I don't think they're gonna have hearings on Mitch McConnell over at the House of Representatives. <laughs> I just don't think they're gonna have hearings. <laughs> I don't what level of corruption, uh, by the way, would you would you allege? I'm curious. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in investigating yeah. whoever it is they're gonna investigate, it just happens to come up that well, what do you know? Mitch McConnell's involved too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What's he Not involved in? Directly. What? Uh, what? China and so forth. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, if you're asking my opinion, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it happening. Uh, Greg is in Chandler. Hi, Greg. I said, quick question. I don't know the answer, but it just rubbed me the wrong way. So I've seen Mike Pence several interviews, and he's been asked about the January 6th thing, and he keeps stating this line that he didn't see it as his job to pick the president or be the one, one person to pick the president. Now, unless I'm confused and I would love to be schooled on this, that wasn't his job. His job was simply to be the referee and say, I'm going to go to the booth and see what happened here. I'm going to call pause or not certify just because we're not sure what's going on. And I'm only saying this or asking this out of respect to the Constitution. I don't care about Mike Pence or the whole situation. Oh, 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 I, I think I see what you're saying. Well, there were two things going on. There were two things going on. One was an effort by several congressmen um, who wanted to question the legitimacy of the ele- of 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 the voter voting processes on election day and and whether there was you know shenanigans going on like Barbara Boxer did in 2004 with the Ohio delegation like so many of them did in 2000 in Bush v Gore which Michael Moore you know made a celebratory movie on there was that effort you may recall Ted Cruz stood up to uh to recognize the question about Arizona's you needed a U.S. senator to stand behind a state. So Ted Cruz stood up to question the processes that were taking place in Arizona. That all got cut short and ended by dint of the rioting that took place. But that's not what Donald Trump was asking Mike Pence to take part in. He was asking him to engage in something entirely different, a novel legal theory that was being propounded by uh, by John Eastman and others, um, John Eastman and perhaps Rudy Giuliani. I'm trying to remember if there's another prominent attorney I'm forgetting. It, it was a different thing Donald Trump was asking than what Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley were trying to do. It was a different thing. And the riots kind of put all that away. By the time the riots were done, what was it, 7 p.m. Eastern, 
um, there was no taste and flavor in doing that anymore. 